Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. So let's uh, turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. Verse 9, please. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. As you turn in there, that's our main theme, our main topic today is, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So that's the rise theme for the FCA, but I think it's a great theme for you and I every day. And we're going to break that down a little bit, but let's take a look at Joshua. What I want to do is paint a little picture of Joshua. I want you to think about when the Passover was first taking place back in Egypt. And if you remember, Moses was not letting his people go. They were slaves. All the Israelites were slaves. So they were in bondage. Remember, they were being whipped. They were being scourged if they didn't make enough bricks. At this time, Joshua, this is the first uh, book in the Bible that is named after a person. At the time this was written, Joshua was only uh, five or ten years old. I'm sorry, when the Passover was taking place. Joshua was only five or ten-year-old kid. Okay, think about that for a second. Because all of us in here are over 5 to 10 years old as I look around. Everybody in here is over 5 to 10 years old. And there's a purpose I'm saying that. Joshua saw these things that I'm going to go through in the, in the next few minutes. Joshua was the firstborn. So his dad had to take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost or else Joshua would have been one of the victims and would have died with all the other firstborns because he wasn't covered by the blood of the Lamb. Remember, a little five, ten-year-old kid. So he saw that. He saw his dad with the, the marks on his back from being scourged by the taskmasters that were in Egypt. He was a little slave boy growing up in Egypt just doing the bidding of the Egyptians. He had a hard life. It wasn't easy. It was tough. As he's growing up, he's seeing all this going on. And then he's being brought up and mentored by Moses. Picture that one. He's mentored by Moses. He saw this man as a little boy, but as he grew up, he came alongside Moses. He was his, it says in one of the scriptures, his minister. Doesn't mean it was his pastor. Minister means it was his servant. He was serving Moses. He was his armor bearer. He fought. He was one of the guys who was sent into the promised land. Remember with the 12 spies. And if you remember, him and Caleb were the only two guys that came back not complaining. The other 10 complained. And Caleb and Joshua were the only two that were allowed to go back in the land because all the adults who were complaining and all those people over a certain age died off. <clears throat> and it was the young kids 
when they grew up, that were sent in to the land flowing with milk and honey, the land of promise, that people had heard about all those decades and decades and decades and all that wandering and wandering. When Moses dies, as we're going to read pretty soon, Joshua was 85 years old. Joshua is going to die when he is 110 years old. So if you're here today and you're the youngest person in this sanctuary or you're the oldest person, God is not through with you. God has a purpose and a plan. Today, you rose up. God got you up out of bed. You were one of those that were rising today. We're thank, are we thankful for when we taste something and our taste buds rise? Or do we take that for granted? Do we take it for granted if we can walk up and down stairs? I think so. I think we all do. Until something happens or we see someone, then we say, boy, except for the grace of God, there go I. That's me. And if we've had any infirmities or health, boy, when we get our health back, right, how good do we feel? And we're more grateful. But no matter what your age is, just like Joshua at a young age, you have been through experiences in your life, both positive and negative, that God has used to shape you just like he did Joshua. Now, Joshua was not a man complaining. He wasn't a person who felt sorry for himself as a result of the cards he was dealt in his life. Those other ten spies complained. They were negative. Caleb and Joshua weren't. And I believe that's who God wants you and I to be, like the Caleb's, like the Joshua's. Before we zero in on just that one verse, verse 9, let me read the 18 verses to you, and then we'll refer back to those. But understand that the main verse we want to hit home with tonight is, or today, is verse 9. So if you follow with me, we're in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you, and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide us an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it, day and night, 
that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them, until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possessions and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So they answered, Joshua, saying, All that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Now I know as when I'm coaching my teams, if I tell them to be strong and have courage, usually that means they don't have it. If I have to pump them up to be strong and courageous, probably they don't have it. I'm seeing a weakness in their confidence. You know, they're, they're afraid or of what's going to take place. And as we look at this verse 9, have I not commanded you? Notice it's a question. Have I not commanded you? Authority. There's an authority when we look at this. Let's take a look at that letter I. Who's doing the commanding? Who is it? Have I not commanded you? Well, in this story, it's none other than the Lord God himself. Given the orders to Joshua himself. There was a series of battleships going out into sea. And they were out there several days. And one of the days there was a storm and a fog. And one of the battleships, the captain was looking and he saw a light in the distance. And he told one of his mates to radio that ship. So he did. And he said, are you heading straight ahead or going off to the side? And the answer came back, we're, going, we're staying right here, we're straight. Well, the commander said, you need to go 20 degrees to the right. The reply came back, no, you need to go 20 degrees to the right. Well, the captain, starting to get a little upset, 
said, I'm the captain of this ship. I order you to go 20 degrees to the right. The reply came back, well, I'm a second-class seaman. I order you to go 20 degrees to the right. Now the captain's freaking out. He goes, I am the captain of the lead battleship. The reply came back, I am the lighthouse. <laughs> what is the authority backing up what we're reading? It's none other than God himself. Who is God? He's a creator of everything that exists. He's a creator of the deepest things in the ocean to the furthest reaches of space. He's made the littlest molecules in your body, yet he's made all the planets. He's everywhere. He knows everything. He knows every thought you're thinking right now. He knows everything that's going to be on the tip of your tongue that you're going to speak next. He is the creator who stepped outside of his time or outside of eternity and stepped into our time. Came down as a little baby. Grew up to live th 33 years preaching love and repentance. He showed man that there is a condition in the world that was back then and is still today. That is, is the sin nature in you and me. That we've sinned and fallen short of the God's glory. Have I not commanded you? Command. It's an order. It's a directive. It's something to be done. In Mark 7, 8 it says, For laying aside the commandments of God... You hold to the tradition of men. And I think it's a fit, pretty fair thing, don't you, to say that throughout our world today, people are not following the commands of God. They're going with the flow. Whatever feels good, do it. Whatever the commercials are saying or the music is saying or the billboards are saying, that's our lifestyle. We're being molded into that framework. Well, no, no, no. God has stepped in to our universe to show us that there is another way. There's a way that brings abundant life versus a way that leads and steals from you, kills from you, okay, and robs you of things and wants to destroy you. Young girl was uh, learning to drive, but she had like eight or nine brothers or sisters. So they had like a multi-passenger van that she was learning to drive in. Fifteen people could sit in this van. So she's learning. Can you imagine learning your first lessons in a huge van like this? So her dad's in the passenger seat. She's driving along. All of a sudden, the father goes, stop! Girl, without hesitation, puts on the brake. All of a sudden, flying from the right to the left is a car. It almost looks like it's airborne going across the intersection. The girl looked at her dad. Realized that if she had asked her father, well, why, Dad, why do you want me to stop? That it would have been too late and her day would have never been the same again. But she listened to the command of her father. She didn't question the command because she knew who her dad was. Do we know who our Heavenly Father is? Do we put the same trust in Him and His words 
that this girl did and her dad. It's not always easy to obey. We know that. A lot of times when we're given a command, what do we want to do? We don't want to obey it, or we get to it later, or we want to run from it. I think of some of the characters in the scriptures. Abraham was given a command to get his family and move from his comfort zone. Guess what? He did it. He got up and he moved. Didn't know where he was going, but he trusted the Lord. We know the story of Jonah, told to go to the Ninevites to preach the gospel. He hated the Ninevites. He went against the word of the Lord. He went the opposite way. And his disobedience got him in a very stinky position. But it was in that position that God used it to bring obedience to him and bring him back to where God first wanted him to go. Think of Moses, who we see in the passages here, dies, but he was one of the greatest leaders, right, that Israel ever had. And remember Moses, when he was first born, remember what happened? He was put in a little basket and put into the Nile River because the Pharaoh was killing all the people. Well, guess what? There might be some basket cases in here today that need a touch from the Lord. God's word is directive to everybody. There's not anybody here in the sound of the message that can't be touched by the Lord right where you are. He's always working on you. Doesn't matter if you're a sinner or a saint. Doesn't matter if you're an atheist, a Muslim, a Catholic, whatever, agnostic. It doesn't matter. He loves you so much that he's always trying to meet you where you are. Doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. Doesn't matter if you're 85, 75. Doesn't matter if you're 95. Doesn't matter. We have all ages in the scriptures where God used guys and girls of all ages for his glory and to give them an abundant life. Moses, who did a tremendous job leading a couple million people out of the bondage of Egypt. But if you remember, God told him to strike the rock or speak to the rock, and what did he do? He hits it twice, was disobedient. God wasn't too happy with him because he misrepresented God before the people. But understand that Moses represents the law. It's through Moses that we get the Ten Commandments, right? We know the law because of the Ten Commandments. And remember, the law is not something that you and I have to try to keep because the law, if you remember, is a tutor that shows us that we're sinners and it leads us to Christ. That's the biggest thing. Because of our upbringing, because of our society, we can very easily try to always be legal in everything that we do. We've got to be very, very careful with that. Because legalism can kill. It has killed. It has killed churches. Well, Moses dies. Can't enter into the promised land. He was definitely bummed about that. Because that was something he was looking forward to. We have King Saul. King Saul, the first king of Israel, chosen because he was a real handsome guy. He was head and shoulders above all the other men. Well, King Saul 
disobeyed God when he went against an enemy, he was supposed to kill everything, livestock. From the youngest to the oldest. He didn't do that. He disobeyed God. And as a result of that, Samuel the prophet went to Saul and said, Has the Lord as great delight in your burnt offering, Saul, and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Because he did not obey the word, he did not obey the command of the Lord. As we take a look at that verse, the beginning again in the question, have I not commanded you? Have I not commanded you? Who's you? In this case, it's Joshua. But I believe today it's you and it's me that God is speaking to. In Hebrews 9.15 it says, And for this reason, he, meaning Jesus, is a mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the internal inheritance. The old covenant was a covenant of rules and regulations. If you broke one of them, you were guilty of breaking all of them. And there were over 600 in the Jewish laws. We know the condensed version, the Ten Commandments. You break one of those, you're guilty of breaking them all. So that's why we can easily say we've fallen short of God's perfect standards. You break them one, you broke them all. So the result of that is you don't have entrance into the kingdom of heaven as a result of breaking the law one time. Just once. Now I stand before you, I break one a hundred times, thousands. But only once disqualifies you from God's eternal kingdom. You and me. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. Well, the command to Joshua is, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on to eternal life. Well, what's eternal life? Well, we go into God's manual, and in John 17, 3, it says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's eternal life. Who's called to that eternal life? Well, everybody in the sound of my voice today. You're all called to eternal life. God is calling millions of people every day to eternal life. But are they heeding his word? Are they heeding that command? The rest of 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In that segment, the many witnesses, you are here today. Some of you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you're growing in the grace and knowledge of God every time. Every time you pray to Him, 
one-on-one, every time you read the Word, whether it's at home or here, every time you come to a Wednesday or a a Sunday, every time you do anything where you expose yourself to the things of God. So when we have, for the young adults and the teens, Toby Mac concert. Now, Great Adventure is open to tens of thousands of people of all ages, but we throw it out there to this church because we know that if you go to a Toby Mac conf- uh, conference or concert, you're going to get the things that have put, put on Toby Mac's heart through his music. And it's going to touch some of you in a different way that maybe you're going to see God in a more clearer way. So God has used all different things throughout history to try to get our attention while we're on this earth. Are you hearing what he's trying to show you? Am I seeing what he's trying to show me? Are we all receiving those things that he's laying out in front of us? Are we just passing them by? Are we ignorant of those things? And we're trying to take in those things that tickle our senses or tickle our ears that give us entertainment for a a period of time, and then we have to try to find another level of entertainment to bring us up to a higher notch of intensity in that area. Now, you could be sitting here and saying, well, Vinny, it's easy for you to say to be strong and courageous, but I don't have that strength. I'm too weak to fight. I'm not strong. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's the highest I jumped in probably nine years. That's awesome. That is grace. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, it says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. doesn't say it was made perfect in your strength and being a stud or a studess. It's made perfect in weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So, as a believer in Jesus Christ, if you're here today, those things that you are going through are the very things that will show Christ in you. The hope of glory for everybody else is watching what you're going through. And if you're here today and you're not a believer in Christ, understand that God is not a respecter of persons. It doesn't matter if you're saved or unsaved. The sun rises and falls on everybody. It rains on everybody. We all get sick. People in our families die. Things go wrong. Things go right. There are good days. There are bad days. We're all dealing with all those things. Isaiah speaks about this strength in Isaiah 40, verses 29 to 31. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths, even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Well, as older guys and girls, we know that we get weak and we stumble. You know, we know that. It's taken a lifetime of experience to come to that point. But even youths grow tired and weary, but those who hope in the Lord will renew 
renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So when we see Joshua saying, have I not commanded you, we're in the book of Joshua, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Of good courage. Do not be dismayed. Dismayed is another thing for being broken or shattered. Maybe you're here today and you're shattered. You're broken. There's no lower that you can go. There's no lower you can go. You're broken and you're, you're hurting. Well, you're in the right place. God has brought you into a place where he can rebuild and heal the brokenness and give you hope and give you direction. You can't say to yourself, well, I'm 30, I'm 40, I'm 50. That's garbage in eternity. There's no time in eternity. We're putting ourselves in a framework of time. Time doesn't matter. What matters is you react into the commands of the Lord and getting started today, if that's your case. But I've never been a person with courage, Pastor Vinny. I've never, things go on in my life, I'm nervous, I'm shaky, I get anxiety, I get stressed out. Well, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For the Spirit of God does not give us a spirit of timidity, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Number one, the power is nothing that we generate. It's not going into a weight room. It's not going CrossFit training. That's not going to get you spiritually strong. That's not going to happen. The strength comes from the spirit of the living God inside of you. And as you relinquish yourself every day, dying to yourself daily, the Spirit of the living God takes you over and you're strong in, the, in His might and in His power, not in your own. You're not going to make it. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You can try it, but please, we're trying to tell you, you can't do it on your own. It takes God coming in through the born-again experience of allowing His Holy Spirit to indwell you and then you become more and more like Jesus over a progressive period of time. It doesn't happen overnight. Joshua was being sent into the land. He was told to be strong and courageous. Think of that. Remember the background of him with Moses. He was a little boy. Now he's an 85-year-old guy asking to be taking these millions of people into the promised land. I'm sure he was lacking courage. I'm sure he felt weak in his own. But God was saying to him, hey, be strong. And have good courage. Because you're going to have a thousand guy army or 40,000 guy army? No. Because I, God, will be with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. There was a land they were going to. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. <clears throat> it wasn't the hard part of the taskmaster, of the pharaoh and the slavery. It wasn't the life that Joshua grew up knowing. He didn't know what to expect in the promised land, but he was told that it was a land flowing with milk and honey. 
In 1 Peter 2.2, 2, it says, As newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow by it. There's a buddy of mine who's turning his life around. He's getting into God's word every day. And I mentioned to him the other day, I said, stay just like you are. Stay like that little baby, craving the milk of the word. Just take it in. Keep that innocence, spiritually speaking. Just allow God to just bathe over you with his word, to strengthen you and to mature you. We all want to be in that place where we crave his word. And then the milk of the word becomes the meat of his word. As you mature in the Lord and in the power of his might, he starts giving you more solid food as you continue to grow. And we never stop continuing to grow, everybody, as long as we're on this earth. In Psalm 119, 103, it says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Yeah, they were going to a physical land, flowing with milk and honey, where they say the fruit was, grapes were like watermelons. Whoa, baby, huh? On a hot summer day, imagine having a grape that's like a watermelon. <laughs> Things were bigger there. But I need to also let you know, Christians, or soon-to-be Christians, or contemplating Christianity, that in that land that was flowing with milk and honey, there were enemies. There were battles to be fought. It wasn't heaven. It wasn't heaven. But it was a taste of heaven. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. It was a land of promise. It was a land that God had promised them that He would give them if they followed Him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you caught the beginning of the passages that I read, they were on one side of the Jordan. They were on the Egyptian side, and they came to the Jordan River. God wanted them to cross over to the other side. That was the promised land. That was the land flowing with milk and honey. And if you read Joshua, what takes place is, Joshua called all the priests to come up here with the Ark of the Covenant, Ark of the Covenant had the presence of God. Think about this. Joshua saw the pillar of cloud during the daytime. He saw the pillar of fire by night as he was growing up. He saw that. Do you realize that when they entered the promised land, after they got through the desert experience, there was no more pillar of cloud. There was no more pillar of fire. Thank you. Anymore. There was no manna in the desert anymore. Those days were over. God was moving them into a new thing. But as they came to the Jordan River, the Jordan River during the harvest, which is the time that they came up there, was overflowing its banks. It was huge. It was flowing. And they were commanded by God that the priests would step in to the Jordan River. Now, remember Joshua, years and years ago, decades ago, he's walking through the Red Sea. He's looking at the wall of water, wondering if it's going to come on him. He's looking at it. He's coming down and just seeing the separation, and, he, and he's blown away by it, just like we would be. I know there's many of you in here, so I, 
Charlie Heston, right, as Moses? And when we first saw it on the big screen, how that was, how that looked on that big screen going through the Red Sea. Joshua saw the Egyptian army drowned in the Red Sea. He saw the horses and the men wash up on the shore. Now they're coming to the Jordan River, nowhere near as big as the Red Sea, but still a massive body of water to cross over. The priests are here with the ark, and they're told to take the step in, up to their ankles. Now I'm sure some of the priests, just like you and me, will say, well, what's that, that going to do? Stop! Remember the girl in the car. Where, who's given us the command, and what authority is back in that command? It's a living God. The living God. Step into the water. What happens? It's pushed up again. They're crossing over from the wilderness into the land of promise. Pastor Joe said a prayer this morning, and I knew right then that I need to share this part with you because I wasn't sure. But when he prayed this morning, it was a confirmation to me of what the Lord had put on my heart with this message. Many of you that are believers in Jesus Christ are still on this side of the river. You haven't taken that step of faith to go to the other side where you really embrace those promises of God that are commands from His Word. Think about that just for a second. What side of the Jordan River are you on? You can be saved and be on this side of the Jordan, just like those two and a half tribes were. But you know what? They stayed here. And boy, if you read about what happened to them, it wasn't too good. Then you had the other tribes that went on on this side, and they experienced the abundance of what the Lord had planned for them. You might be saying today, well, I'm not really experiencing that abundant life. I'm not experiencing that. I would love to. Well, you're going to have that opportunity to rise to do that. God gives that opportunity to us every single day to be in that place where we can just be covered by His presence. But it's something that you have to free will choose to do and recognize where you are. I was on this side of the Jordan for so long in my first 20 years of being a Christian. I was just over here. I was fighting all my battles myself. Wasn't really talking to the Lord. Never got into His Word. And then the Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of me and said, come on, take a step through. And let's go on the other side. Still battles to be fought on this side? Absolutely. Absolutely. But my king, Jesus Christ, is a warrior. He's a warrior. He's a lamb, as gentle as a lamb, loving as a lamb. But he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and he never, ever loses. You might say, well, Pastor Vinny, he, they die, he died on the cross. Yeah, but that's not the end of the story. That's not the end. It doesn't say the end. <laughs> Three days later, he rises from the dead. He's alive forevermore. And we will see him face to face one day because I said so. Pastor Joseph said, no. His infallible word says it. 
It's in his word. Last thing before I ask the uh, youth group to come up for the skit. Romans 13, 11. And do this, knowing the time. Pastor Joe prayed about this, right? Crazy time. Who knows what's going to happen the rest of today, yet alone what's going to happen tomorrow. And do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. Christian of many years, brand new Christian, not yet a Christian, potential Christian, thinking about a Christian. Now it's high time to wake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Jesus Christ could take us up today. We could be in the clouds with him today, everybody. One day that's going to happen. You might be one of those that are taken up if God hasn't taken you home before that day. That's going to happen to a group of believers. And then there's going to be a group of people on this earth. Where'd everybody go? And you can bet that the world will cover it up and use it for their benefit so that the masses will say, oh, okay, I'm glad we're following this way of thinking. Almost guaranteed that that's going to happen. Okay, let's have our youth group and youth leaders come on up. Seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. The last month, almost everywhere you go, the parks, even in our church, we, uh, Pastor Paul and I were outside the other day with three, one uh, junior in high school and a couple freshmen in college. They were in the gazebo collecting their Pokemon points and power points. I think he had 35,000 points. So we were asking them about all that stuff. And they were searching and collecting and gaining power doing this, for combating the enemy, the different colored teams. I think there's a red team, a blue team, and a yellow team. So these guys were on the red team, and they were winning. And they were going to leave here. The gazebo, the cross, and the sign out front have all Pokemon images on it that they showed me right on their phone, similar to what you just experienced. And then they were going over to the park with intensity and passion to get more Pokemon points. Do we pursue God like those young people are doing today? Shouldn't we be? Because as we pursue God, all those people around us will be infected by the courage, the strength, 
the power of Jesus Christ in your life and my life. Now, you're here today, and one of the things I want to close on is this. 2 Corinthians speaks about it. I'm afraid that as a serpent deceived Eve with his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Jesus Christ. As the young people did so admirably and so cool, they were oblivious to all the victims. They didn't see what was really happening in the world around them. And for you Pokemon fans, this is not a, a mock on Pokemon. You can play Pokemon, but like anything, it should be balanced. But the point being is this. They were oblivious to what was happening in the world. I believe as we put our face in the book, God's book, He keeps us sensitive to the individuals that come in our lives, that He wants us to touch the lives of the people that are hurting, whether it be in situations like this or people that are hurting right here in our congregation today. So what we want to do right now is we always close our service is if there's anybody here who needs to rise and make a decision for Jesus Christ, we would like you to stand. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening and may God bless you.